This is the Kibasa King Sports Extravaganza. Hey, 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 Yakshamash. Club to you too, or whatever. You know, really, I love your style. I love the way you edit things together. Well, thanks for noticing. It's a real pain. We welcome to the show Christian Leitner. Yeah, I'm proud of my heritage, and my mother used to make a lot of delicious meals, capusta, bumpy, padoli, all that good stuff. I put sour cream on everything, and um, so <laughs> a, lot of, a, lot of, a lot of Polish tradition there. Yak Shamash, everybody. Welcome to Kielbasa King Sports Extravaganza, of course, brought to you by Rent College Pads and a proud part of Bucky's fifth quarter. This is Jay Kokorowski. we got the Polish rifle. Scott Wisniewski here on a Thursday evening, a special edition, obviously, of the Kielbasa King Sports Extravaganza. And little did we know, and it's one thing that Scotty and I had talked about before last week when we initially spoke that if the Wisconsin Badgers would make it to the Sweet 16, if we were still talking about them and previewing a basketball game, which we will be later on against the Notre Dame uh, Fighting Irish in a Sweet 16 battle to get to the Elite Eight to either face the Indiana Hoosiers or the North Carolina Tar Heels, it would be a success. And not just a success, obviously this entire season getting to the tournament itself was a success, but Scotty, it's a it's a crazy it was a crazy game. Obviously, I'm sure you watched it, and having that ability, Bronson Koenig, that shot at the buzzer, that three pointer, <coughs> lifting them to a 66-63 victory, and propelling Greg Gard's squad to Philadelphia. Yeah, I mean, it didn't look so good Friday. Um, they beat Pittsburgh in the first round, and we don't have to go through that game. That's not the one that's of most recent memory, just other than to touch on the fact that it, for most of the game, kind of set basketball back about 25 years. Um, <laughs> I, sort of I, like that lost to Penn State in the Big Ten tournament. I, mean, it was like, I think it was like 36-33, but they lost uh, a couple years back. Uh, yeah. I, I, know, I know what you mean there. Yeah, it was it was really bad. And... Um, so it was it was nice that they were able to get through that, and then you know Xavier had a couple of chances, a lot of chances to put that game away, um, and Wisconsin hung tough, and in the end they move on to the Sweet 16. And you just you touched on it earlier; it was something that you would never have thought could happen. The way the season almost went off the rails, and uh, um, and they were able to win. But let's let's understand this though before we. You know, before you're happy they won. Badger fans are very happy they won. But let's understand one thing: they did not. Uh, Nigel Hayes has not played well, and they get Notre Dame. And if they're able to get by Notre Dame, you know they're going to have either Indiana or North Carolina, and they're not going to advance beyond the next round if the best players on this team don't start playing like the best players on this team. Caning stepped up. They needed him to, but they're going to need all of the veterans, all of the, the, the upperclassmen, you know, all hands on deck, so to speak, if they're going to advance 
even beyond Friday's game into the elite in, into the elite eight, and for sure if they're going to go to the final four, they're not going to be able to do it without a better effort than we saw last week. And that's very true. You, look at the, with, you mentioned Nigel Hayes, two of ten from the field on Sunday, 05 from the from beyond the arc. But also you had that too with the uh, there used two of four from a, from the free throw line from the charity stripe. And it was good to see Bronson Kenick starting to to break out of that ice uh, that you could describe as his shooting for for the past uh, for a while, you know, and and really started to hit those threes. All you know, he was six of fifteen from the field. All six were three pointers, and then uh, you know two from the charity stripe there to, to give him twenty points, uh, seven rebounds too uh, for uh, <laughs> for Kirk Koenig, a, a guard. And it was a good sign to see Canick step up in the scoring because you saw a guy like Vito Brown again, 12 points, five rebounds. Ethan Happ, 18 points, seven rebounds. Really, yeah, you know, you're starting to see those guys step up as the third and fourth scorers for this team. And if Hayes can get going, which after practice he, you know, he uh, this week he reporters waited for him. He shot for a couple hours, said that he was, you know, took about 500 shots or he made 500 shots, one of the two. So he's he's trying to get out of that funk, and and he that he will be needed against a, a team like Notre Dame. And uh, you know, before we kind of preview Notre Dame real quick, uh, I'm gonna crumple up a piece of paper really loudly because that is the sound of my bracket, Scotty. And on our show on Sunday, you, myself, our great friend Kurt Hogue, all picked Michigan State immediately after selection Sunday, saying. They, you know, will take it all the way. Everyone was pro Sparty, and of course, Sparty no, Sparty no. They lose to Middle Tennessee State. What biggest upset in tournament history, or no, or, no, 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 no? It's up there. It's definitely in the top three. Um, my bracket was in trouble before that game, though. To be honest with you, but I was still survivable because I did have a couple things right. Hawaii, Gonzaga. Uh, you know, I had a couple things that that went right, but I lost Baylor, who was an Elite Eight team, and I lost uh, Arizona. I'm like, okay, but neither one of those were Final Four teams, so I still had a shot. And then Michigan State, that was the end of it. Like, I mean, that was that after Michigan State lost. And then I had a hope, if I ever wouldn't even be in the contention, I had to just, just wish for chaos, where just all hell was going to break loose. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I mean, it is what it is. But, uh, uh, yeah, uh, that was a huge upset. I mean, that was huge. Uh, <clears throat> you know, I think you can uh, – you look at – all the number ones are still alive. So two of the twos are alive. Um, but two of the twos got knocked out. And, and, and you know, it, it, but it just doesn't feel as weird. Like the two teams – Okay, so the three teams that are seated lower than a six seed that are still alive are Syracuse, Wisconsin, and Gonzaga. You certainly don't put any of those schools, even though this year hasn't been a great year for Syracuse and it's been a down year for Gonzaga, they're not the Cinderella teams. Wisconsin is a Big Ten team that's been in the Final Four in back-to-back years. Syracuse is a storied program. Gonzaga, so there isn't that 
Virginia Commonwealth. There isn't that uh, Northern Iowa who blew a huge. What a, that was. A, that might not have been the biggest upset, but it certainly was the the worst loss of the tournament. You know what I mean? Um, but there isn't that team. There isn't the Cinderella Sweet Sixteen again. Syracuse and Gonzaga, ten versus eleven. But do you do you look at Syracuse as a Cinderella team? I know it's with their year that they had. You could make the case, but you mentioned the powerhouse. I, I agree with them. They're they're a perennial powerhouse every year. They do something. It seems or they make the tournament or anything. Any team that's coached by Jim Beheim, you can't really call them Cinderella, uh, unless right. you'd ever go to a mid-major and would rebuild a program from that was, you know, 0-12, 0-18 you know, in conference play. So I, I, I wouldn't call that necessarily a Cinderella. Uh, Gonzaga, you mentioned, you know, it's a program that maybe historically has been that way, where until recently, the past, what, 10, 20 years, really stepped up and uh, delivered there. Uh, you know, it's it's there's really I don't know who there'd be anybody that you'd call Cinderella. Maybe the only one I would consider Cinderella might just be Wisconsin, just because of the way this year started off. And I know Syracuse had a rough year, but I would say even Wisconsin. The fact in mid-January that this team looked like they weren't even bound for the NIT, maybe the CBI or the Vegas 16 or the CIT, whatever you want to call it, you know, acronym for whatever yeah. tournament that, that's be, that's below the NIT, they didn't even look like an NIT team. And then they go on to win 11 of the next 14, and they take the first two games of the NCAA tournament of the games that I, they participate in. I get it, and Badger fans get it, and hardcore basketball fans get it, but the casual fan is saying a Big Ten school that's been a back-to-back Final Four. You know, Absolutely. They aren't looking at, they're not looking at it with the microscope that – that we are because we we saw it we 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 watched it we witnessed it, um, so it, again it's 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 really hard for a lot of people to wrap their mind around Big Ten ACC um, Big East teams being Cinderella, you know because of the conference and they're like well if they got there even despite what their seed was they obviously went through a meat grinder of a schedule to get there, I you know so you're right. But nobody's going to look at the Badgers that way on the outside. You know, the, the casual fan is going to go, well, yeah, it's a Big Ten school. Of course it should be in the Sweet 16, you know? Absolutely, absolutely. And it, it it's interesting to see with this squad what what could happen. against. You're going up against Notre Dame. It's a 627 start Central Standard Time tomorrow night, which then right afterwards they have North Carolina, Indiana, uh, approximate time right around the nine o'clock hour here in Wisconsin, and there's a very good chance that I mean, obviously it's going to be a tough battle. Notre Dame is a very good offensive squad. They they're high-powered offense, maybe not the best in, in defense, uh, kind of mediocre based on some rankings there, but they they have some great scores. You have Demetrius Jackson, you got Zach August, you have players like that that can really step up and, and could give Wisconsin a lot of trouble. Uh, but also with their defensive troubles, maybe you're looking at something that Wisconsin can take a hold of with Hap on August if he can replicate what he's been doing, 18-7 and seven against Xavier, uh, and, and what he's been being like the Big, uh, the big Ten freshman of the year. Uh, if, if Hayes and Koenig and you're looking at a guy like 
uh, Vito Brown continue their, you know, Vito Brown continuing being maybe the only consistent shooter on this team right now. Uh, if the, if they can come together, it, it's a good shot Wisconsin can make it uh, to the Elite Eight for, again for the third straight year. Yeah, I I I think they can. I um I think they can make it to the Elite Eight beyond the Elite Eight. I, the, it depends if it's Indiana because it's a common opponent and all those other things. Sure, if it's North Carolina, eh, not so sure. But you know, right now, if you get if you get to the Elite Eight, I think if you're Badgers and Badger fans, you're playing with house money at that point anyway. So I mean, why not? Why not have hope at that point? You know, but um, but one step at a time. You're right. They got to get by Notre Dame and uh, interesting. Uh, you know, just an interesting matchup uh, in that one. And I think they can. But, again, without beating a, a broken record, they can if Nigel Hayes and Bronson Canning carry the team at least in stretches when they need to. You know, they can't. Nigel Hayes can't be two for ten and expect that they're going to win this game. Agreed. Agreed, and, and, and something that he'll have to step up with, and uh, we'll see what that spells there. Notre Dame, by the way, uh, that game against the, the the Fighting Lumberjacks or the uh, of, of Stephen F. Austin, that game game winning tip by uh, Rex Fluger, uh, and what an amazing game there. Um, before we by the way, kind of... that would have been that yeah. would have been the Cinderella. Imagine if it's Wisconsin right. against Stephen F. Austin, and then you know then. Stephen F. Austin is a darling, and Wisconsin, even though they're only a seven seed, is a big, bad power conference team trying to beat up on these poor little Stephen F. Austin kids. You know, then you'd have your Cinderella story right there. Um, and it was close. I mean, they were seconds away from that from that happening. Absolutely. When, when, just as an FYI, too, looking at the score, uh, Villanova, number two seed in the South, beats number three Miami, ninety-two to sixty-nine, advancing to an Elite Eight to take on either Kansas or Big Ten opponent Maryland and Kentucky. And Maryland will play estimated tips about nine forty Eastern time, eight forty Wisconsin time. Let's talk real quick about them. Kansas, Maryland. Obviously, I had Kansas going to the Final Four, so I, I'm going to pick stick with that with Kansas and, and having two, you know, double-digit victories, one against Austin P, uh convincing win there, and then against UConn, a tw- you know, pulling away, 12-point win there. And then Maryland, I mean, they, they upset the ja- – or not upset, but they beat the Jackrabbits, which some people in that 5-12 matchup thought that Joe Krabenhoff, former Badger, current uh, Jackrabbit assistant coach, and George Marshall could pull off that offset, upset. They almost did. They got close. Uh, and then people who – Wanted to uh, applaud Hawaii and see how far they could go. Maryland took care of business there. Uh, and, I, I mean, right now I still got Kansas, but but what do you see out of that matchup? And do you think a factor like Wisconsin uh, product, the Diamond Stone, how much of an impact can he make against Kansas? Well, he obviously huge. He's, a, he, you know, he, he's got all the ability and tools to be a game changer. Um, that said... Yes, on the surface, I also like Kansas, but obviously, who are we to uh, who are we to, to decide when you look at our uh, our brackets? You know what I mean? Like, I guess what I'm saying is, as much as I think Kansas is better, 
it also is not going to surprise me at all to uh, to see Maryland win that game. Um, you know, with Michigan State losing and Purdue losing, I was starting to worry that this was going to be one of those years where the Big Ten just didn't show up. Now, I'm kind of rooting to see four Big Ten schools in the elite in the elite eight. Tough task. I mean, they all have tough matchups: North Carolina, North, Notre Dame, and Kansas. But if they get there, that means one's guaranteed to go to the Final Four because obviously it would be Indiana and Wisconsin playing head-to-head. So, you know, I'm going to root for that, even though I don't like Tom Crean. I'd like to see it. Um, that said, I think Kansas wins that game. Um, I, 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 think, I think Kansas and Villanova would be one hell of, a, one hell of an Elite Eight game. Uh, I, I don't know how you feel about that. Uh, Kansas and Nova, I, that, that's a slugfest. The way Nova, Villanova came out there and they played really well tonight. And, you know, you're looking at the way that those, those guys play. I mean, and Villanova yeah, put this, you know, the stomping on, her, you know, Miami really quickly uh, in that game. And every time Miami tried to make a run to get back into it, Villanova would just continue to stretch it, uh, stretch that lead, and, and you end up winning by 23 points. That was impressive, and you have a guy. I'm just looking at some of the stats right now, uh, like Jenkins, 21 points, nine rebounds on eight of ten shooting. You had a guy like uh, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I'm not gonna even I'm gonna butcher the name, but one of the guards, 21 points, four assists, three rebounds, and seven eleven shooting. These guys, uh, and, and you know, four of their five starters were in double figures in that game. And so Villanova's sure. got that punch there, and, uh, and then you have Kansas, obviously, and 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 they're they have the opportunity to if if they get and get past Maryland and Maryland, like you mentioned, Diamond Stone, uh, Jake Lehman, Melo Tremble, uh, Suleiman, they have obviously an impressive set of players that many thought that would just run away with the Big Ten. It wasn't the case this year. So no, well they were they were, they were looking really good, and. Uh, it seems that after the the, the Wisconsin loss and um, the incident with Diamond Stone and things, like, they kind of lost focus. It seems and um, looks like they're, they're bouncing back at the right time for them. But you know they were they weren't looking good for a while. By the way, the Big East, I'm not surprised to see Villanova there. And and you know Xavier played Wisconsin well and Providence got a win. The Big East is no joke. Now I know that it's not the Big East we're used to. You know, it's not the Big East we um, uh, essentially, uh, with the Syracuse leaving and Pitt leaving and UConn leaving, you know, it's not that Big East. It's a really still a really good conference. Uh, and, you know, Villanova uh, doing what they're doing it isn't surprising me. And you look going forward to later tonight, you're looking at the fact that in the West region right now, number two, Oklahoma leading number three, Texas A&M. And then tonight, Cap, you have Oregon and Duke. Oklahoma looks like they're about, they're going to go away with the win uh, up 19 so far, uh, if they can hold well, on. But they're going to my championship, so I might get half of the championship bracket. Right? Um, <laughs> well, how cra- how, money, how yeah. crazy was that win for the Aggies over Northern Iowa? I mean, my word, it, the fact of I forgot what the percentage was. I think it was like ninety nine point something percentage percent. Like they're up double digits with how many seconds left, and Texas A and M comes back and wins. 
remarkable there. Big meltdown by Northern Iowa, but it's another one of those March Madness games that you know did not disappoint. It was going on the same time it was as Wisconsin game too, so it's hard to flip back and forth between games, especially with how big of a nail bite. That Sunday night was an impressive, impressive display of March Madness, which is why, and I'm not. I don't like to make this, you know, proclamation, but it really should be a holiday. I just, just take off of work. Just enjoy March Madness. It, it's a, it's a work holiday. It's not to have a religious holiday. It's just a work holiday. No productivity, and, and just like Sunday night was one of those games that really represented just what's so much fun about March Madness. Yeah, I guess, but I'm, I know this is going to sound strange because um, I like it. I don't get into it as crazy as some people. Because uh, I, but part of the reason is you and I watch. There's a lot of people who get into this March Madness part of everything that don't watch much basketball during the regular season. Obviously, we do, so it's a little different for us. Um, but I didn't get to see a lot of it on Thursday, and I only saw the night games on Friday. So Saturday and Sunday, I was amped. I think if I would have spent four days, I might have been worn out and maybe over it a little bit. But I got to spend all Sunday. It was, Sunday was kind of like my Thursday and Friday for some people. You know what I mean? So... I think I appreciated that a little bit more than otherwise I may have been like, oh, yeah, okay. You know, uh, that's a lot of basketball, man. And, you know, if you've noticed, they've done, they've changed something. In the past, the Thursday and Friday games, right, they play at 11 or noon or whatever and at 1 and 2, and then at 4, all the games would be done until like 7 o'clock or 6.45. Now they've staggered the starts. There's no break now that they've got the four networks in the past, it would break for the local news on CBS or the national news on CBS. There's no breaks now. So there's not even that two hours where you can catch your breath, maybe get something done of, of consequence. You know, there's none of that anymore. You know what I mean? Because it's like, um, oh, here we go, uh, from one game to the next to the next. So I think they've drawn it out so they don't lose viewership or so they don't let you start a project and don't get back in time to tune in for the six o'clock games or whatever. But uh, they're sneaky. They're making sure that uh, you don't ever have to turn the TV off. So I appreciate that. We actually, for where I work, I was able to convince the, the higher powers that be in my day career to actually set up March Madness Thursday and Friday, starting at 11 at all three of our sites. And it was remarkable. It was a lot of fun, uh, and uh, I know the employees there were very happy about it. But yeah, no, it's that you kept going, and we kept switching games. And uh, it's yeah, I have friends that take off it for obviously, and, and they just sit around their table or at a bar and just watch all day. Uh, but uh, with with that West region, really quick, you talk. Uh, it looks like Oklahoma. It looks like they'll probably take. Uh, if they can hold on, uh, a decent victory, uh, now up by 15. Uh, but you also have Oregon and Duke out of out of them, out of the Ducks and the Blue Devils. Uh, still looking at Oregon on your table, or where, where, where are you seeing it? Yeah, you know, I, I think I'm going to take Duke, and not because I'm a Duke fan. I mean, I'm not a Duke hater. I'm not a Duke fan. I'm, I'm fine with them. You know, um, last year I wasn't a big fan of theirs because, you know, um, but I'm okay with it. Uh, but whatever. I, I think that, you know, there's a lot that they have to rely on Oregon. You know, they, you know, the freshman, that, that kid really took over the game on Sunday. They all, by the way, there's a former city conference player, uh, Elgin Cook, on that uh, Oregon Ducks team. Um, I like them. 
And if, again, if they win, that's fine. I just there's just something telling me that's pulling me to to pick Duke in this one, um, for better or for worse. So I'm, that's what I'm doing. I'm taking Duke. Duke is the underdog here, and obviously both Duke and Wisconsin. I remember there was one tweet out there in the Twitterverse saying, "Oh, looking forward to seeing Duke and Wisconsin in the NIT championship." And so part of me wants to root for Duke just to see if Wisconsin and Duke can get to the another Final Four. Uh, and they're on the opposite side of the bracket, so they would meet if they would somehow make it to there, if they would make it to the finals. But uh, I think Oregon takes it. I'll stick with my prediction of having them in the Final Four. Uh, and, and then face, or if, you know, facing Oklahoma, I think it's hard with the Sooners. Uh, you gotta, I, I'll still say Oregon uh, just on a limb. Uh, and then uh, let's look at the Midwest. Uh, you have, like you mentioned, Syracuse and Gonzaga. Then you have Virginia and, and Iowa State. Uh, honestly, I'm, I'm looking. This is Tony Bennett's to lose, and that was a scary situation, by the way, of him collapsing uh, during that game. Uh, but came, came back and they, they routed Hampton. They they beat Butler. And then uh talk before we can get to like Iowa State's road Purdue laying an egg against Arkansas Little Rock uh and and, yeah. and that loss was uh, yeah that was a rough loss I, I think I had Purdue go into uh Sweet 16 but out of these games I think you're looking at I'm taking to Virginia uh I'm taking them to go to the final four because Michigan State's no longer there I'll I will say I'll take I'll take Syracuse over Gonzaga on this one for tomorrow night uh, just uh, I don't know if I'm that confident with with Syracuse still though, but I will look. Yeah, I say Virginia in that Final Four. What about you? Yeah, I mean my Final Four now as I reseed it, um, I've got Nova, Oklahoma, Virginia, North Carolina. Um, I got Gonzaga beating Syracuse though, and I think Iowa State's better than people are. are I think people are sleeping a little bit on Iowa State, but I still think Virginia beats them. Um, but, you know, they're, they're a better team. And, and they're kind of in the shadows of, of course, Kansas and that conference and Oklahoma. You know, you, you realize this, though. There's three teams from the, from the Big 12. There's three teams from the Big 10. There's five, six from the ACC or five, Jake? Six? I thought so, it was six from the ACC. You have Syracuse. Yeah, so you have yeah, Virginia. Right, right. And then you have, so that's 12 of the 16 remaining. Then you have one from the Pac-10, one from the Big East. Um, so that's the power conferences right there. And then the only two teams that aren't from the power conferences are Gonzaga and uh, who am I missing? I'm missing one team in there. But my point is, again, back to what we were saying before, there's just not that Cinderella team. You know, there's not that team where you go, hmm, well, this is a small conference and a small this and a small that. And like I said, my final four, I basically have two ACC teams, a team from the Big 12 and a team from the Big East. And it wouldn't surprise me if Duke gets to the final four somehow and we end up with three ACC teams in the final four. Good year for the ACC. Boy, absolutely great year for the ACC. Absolutely. Uh, with that, uh, let's make our predictions then for, for the East. I say with Wisconsin, you and I both had them beating Z- going on beating Xavier to get to the Sweet 16. Uh, I think 
I think Wisconsin takes Notre Dame just based off of how it's going. I think playing better defense, Mike Bray's, like I said, their offense is very high octane and, and very uh, impressive. I think Wisconsin can score though. And if they can hit those threes, like they did, like, like Bronson Koenig did and, and, and Vito Brown and others, uh, I think they will advance. So I'm taking Wisconsin to the elite eight between North Carolina and Indiana. I mean, obviously your heart says the Hoosiers, so it's maybe a possibly a better matchup and at least one big 10 team making it to the final four. Mine says North Carolina. Uh, but yeah. you know, you know what? Um, you know the Badgers are playing with house money. I'll just say they go to the Final Four. I don't know why. I got a feeling. Let's, you know, it's uh, not a homerism. It's just it's a feeling. And this team, uh, the way that that they've rebounded in the in the last two mo- two two and a half months, uh, we, I, for some odd reason, I'll go Wisconsin. Uh, and if I jinx them, well then so be it because I don't play that game. So, uh, but yeah, so I'll say Wisconsin, Virginia. Kansas and Oregon. Who are your final four? Well, like I said, North Carolina, Virginia, uh, Oklahoma, and Villanova. And I'm going to go Oklahoma, North Carolina, and Oklahoma taking it all. All right. After that, I'll, I'll take. I'll probably say their final four run-ins there. Virginia for for me, and I'll take uh, Kansas. And I say uh, I think Tony Bennett will get that national championship. So uh, we'll go Virginia. It's off the wall. And now obviously, I'm not the biggest basketball guru based off my picks. Uh, and I tried going with all of the picks that made sense last time, and then uh, Michigan State lost to Middle Tennessee State. So screw it. I'm all for chaos. Let's do this. On that note, uh, we got about 20 seconds left before the on-air stream gets out. Thank you guys for listening to the Kielbasa King Sports Extravaganza. We'll come back to you guys live at the end uh, for uh, next week, breaking down... Uh, what happens in the Sweet 16 and Final Four previews. Thank you guys all again. And uh, the live stream is now heading out. So on that note, let me just make sure with our great guests, uh, with our great, uh, not our guests, but our sponsor, the Kielbasa Kings. Uh, We'd like to thank our presenting sponsor, Rent College Pads, for their support of the Kielbasa Kings Sports Extravaganza Finding off-campus housing has always been a chore until now. Browse tons of properties on Rent College Pads today. They have all the best apartments and houses around campus and in Madison. Find your next place on Rent College Pads today. And uh, before we let you go, uh, yeah, obviously we got some things going on on our end, uh, and the uh, the book writing is taking up a, quite a bit of time on my end. Uh, Badgers pick up a quick commit. It's a... Uh, High three-star quarterback Jack Cohn from New York, a West Sayville High School or Sayville High School uh, Rivals 250 prospect, uh, number 215 overall for Rivals uh, for Scout, a three-star and the number 31 quarterback overall, uh, and number 10 nationally for pro-style quarterback for Rivals. So the Badgers get their quarterback for uh, if the commitment holds up, obviously for the class of 2017. And maybe hopefully next week or the week after we can start kind of breaking that down along with some spring football. Scotty, anything else that you want to talk about real quick? Well, I mean, I, we'll figure out what our schedule looks like because I really want to do a baseball preview. Uh, we're getting close, man. I mean, what is it, two weeks, not even a week and a half from opening day. It's uh, now Again, we talked about it. Brewers aren't going to be great, but you're looking at the future, you're looking ahead. But I just like when baseball starts. Um 
looking at the weather outside, it certainly doesn't look like baseball weather, but baseball usually stirs good memories and good times of the year and things of that nature. And I'm just happy that it's almost here, and I'm looking forward to getting a chance to talk a little bit about it. Absolutely, and uh, it's always great for opening day. Miller Park, you need to get out there with, with the boy uh, and uh, the family soon. Also means to come up with spring. Madison Mallard's here. Madison will start start up in, in June and uh, from there. Uh, other than that, yeah, I got nothing else. And uh, we'll probably talk more draft coming up the with the Badgers, with who where uh, they'll land in the NFL draft. We have we have to talk some NFL free agency soon. One of these podcasts, especially with the I'd say the lack of uh, free agency news on the Packers front. But then again, is that really something that is, I would say, uh, maybe not, <laughs> it's not new news uh, from Ted Thompson's front. But uh, maybe with the exception of James Jones not coming back. But then again, they want to see what Jeff Janis and Jared Aberdares can do. So we'll have a podcast about the NFL hopefully coming up. Um, well, other that's than that, Nobody should yeah. be surprised at James Jones. I mean, I like what James Jones did. I think he's a he's a good, you know, like him a lot, good guy, all these other things. But um, that being said, you knew with, with the way Janice and Abadaris kind of started to play towards the end that uh, they were going to get they were going to get some better looks. And in order for that to happen, somebody had to go away. And unfortunately. For James Jones, he'll catch. You know, I think he played himself into a two-year deal somewhere, and good for him. And you know, he filled a need when when Jordy Nelson went down, and that was great. But yeah, it's 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 time, it's time. So, but yeah, yeah the lack the lack of free agents in the present. I did hear some rumors, not a little rumors. All you know, with my first it was Forte, then it was this, and it was that. I heard Jared Cook's name kicked around. And, I don't. None of that's probably going to go anywhere. So. No, I, I. If they there's some talent in the first two rounds that maybe they'd take. Obviously, with BJ Raji retiring, you're looking at probably like a guy like Jaron Reed from Alabama or Kenny Clark UCLA, a player that like that that try to rebuild that defensive line a little bit more with some depth and some athleticism. Unless they can get like a Reggie Ragland if he drops to Alabama. Uh, but there's also some tight ends in there. Um, there's a kid from Arkansas, I think, who's possibly the top talent. So I think they'll probably go somewhere. And, and the problem is, is that the tight end class for the draft necessarily isn't the best. So we'll see if they can get any talent of that. Maybe it's a late-round flyer. Maybe it's finding some. Maybe it's an Owen Daniels down the road who was released by the Denver Broncos, a uh, former Badger who came in a, a year or two earlier uh, but Ted Thompson elected not to sign him. So we'll see what, what they do on the kind of the second tier front of free agents uh, and what they do in the draft. But on that note, too, next week uh, we'll have to do our WrestleMania podcast, brother. It's a big time for us. Uh, you know, they have the NXT TakeOver in Dallas where there's going to be some big matches there and then WrestleMania, which I'm not, I don't know if uh, we can discuss that down the road. We can talk about that next week, but uh, we'll we'll talk about the buildup and, and if, uh, you know, you'll see if how how they get Roman Reigns over and all that other good stuff that the internet marks and smarks try to yell and get mad it about. It won't matter. The internet, the internet marks 
when they hate you, you're done. Um, you know, like I said, one show they loved Roman Reigns. Two weeks later, they hated him, and then they blamed the booking. I'm like, what changed in two weeks? Like, I can I understand when they they go well, you know, predictable booking, yada yada yada. But he was predictable booking even before he won Royal Rumble. He was going to come in and kick butt, and everybody loved him for it, and then they hated him. So they obviously wanted decided they were going to use him as the vehicle to be mad at the office, just like they've done with John Cena for the last three, four years. So whatever. I'm so over the internet wrestling community, and I have been for quite some time. So. <laughs> On that note, uh, I guess have a wonderful week. A very ha- for those who celebrate Easter, a very blessed Easter. Enjoy the time with your families if you're spending time with them. And uh, for me, with with my diet, I'm actually going to take a, it's my cheat day, and I'm going to enjoy the massive amounts of kielbasa and hot ham sliders that we have, including uh, my wife is making a Cadbury cream egg cake which I plan on devouring entirely probably uh, before our guests arrive. So, uh, so yeah. But, Scotty, to you and your family, a very blessed Easter, and enjoy the time that you guys have. Yeah, I, yes. Likewise to you. We're looking forward to it. And uh, we'll reconnect hopefully, uh, hopefully next week to talk baseball, WrestleMania, and see what the bat – maybe the Badgers are preparing for uh, for another game or two. We'll, we'll – We'll find all that out. Thanks again, everyone, for listening to the Kilbasa Kings Sports Extravaganza brought to you by Rent College Pads and a proud part of Bucky's fifth quarter. Accordion solo American polka played by Mr. John J. Kimball, Edison Record. <laughs> Thank you.